Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I don't know why that's always so fun. We renamed the podcast. Just hello. hello. How many different ways can you say hello? Um, well, we have got a part one of two. Oh, yes. Yeah, two part parters starting two. today. Um, to talk to you guys about. Um, and it's all going to be about sort of our focus on we talk a lot about focusing on what your body can do rather than what it looks like and we have two kind of fabulous examples to go with that um we're going to talk firstly about the crossfit open um and our masters women 40 to 44 age category Mm -hmm. this is our last year that we're both in it that's true next year Um, we'll be in separate age categories but and then we're also going to then talk about our upcoming little adventure climbing mount whitney in lots of snow yes i think it was started as like the idea of a little adventure but it seems bigger now <laughs> given it's, it's given a, the california winter that we are having it's an ever-changing adventure because yes. every day i look at the weather it's entirely different but yeah. all i can guarantee is that there will be snow and it will be cold and we will be high not oh sorry <laughs> It's like high oh. elevation wise. That was okay, great. We're going to be guaranteed. We will we be high. This. Okay, um, this I am just... bringing gummies, but they are regular gummy worms, not um, any kind this of special trip gummies. Just took on a yeah. whole new dimension. I didn't realize I was going to have to hike up a mountain high. But hey, you know, if it helps me get up there, whatever it takes. This um, is the, 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 the B roll outtakes that actually just stay in the regular podcast because we don't edit much <laughs> unless i screw up the microphones um so firstly uh the open is done um for anybody who listens to this who doesn't do crossfit real quick recap the open is three weeks worth of workouts one workout per week although technically there was one two-parter so kind of four workouts yeah um and it's the the first step in our mission to get to the games but as we probably know if you listen to us regularly we're planning on the games when we're 60. Yeah, so we've got a long know, game. We're plan. in the early days of training <laughs> for the game. So you, you do the open. Everybody in the world can do the open. And it's, you know, not too complicated. Fairly, you know, intense workouts, but mostly doable. Yeah. Um, Typical CrossFit, like infinitely scalable. They give lots of options. So, I mean, literally hundreds of thousands of people, I think, and do them can, around the world. For people like us in the you know we're decently fit decently strong not exceptional at anything um but you know not bad if we were in the 18 to 34 age group where you know there's a lot of good people a lot of competition we would just not feel good about it but now that we've started to join the age groups they start at like 35 to 39 and then 40 to 44 is our current age group um if you're in decent shape and you're decently good at most things, then you yeah. start to see like even if you have some gaps in your, your game, potential. it's sort of like oh, you can start um, yeah, seeing seeing creeping up in the percentiles. So we just did that. We just got done about a week ago. Um, and actually, you know, you can sign up and pay your money to CrossFit and compare yourself to the world, and then be eligible for moving on if you do well enough, or you can just you know, do it for the sake of doing it. And I actually, the last time I signed up and paid money to CrossFit and compared myself to the world was in 2018. Okay. And Wow, five years. Yeah. And I'm not sure quite why I stopped. I know, obviously, the pandemic made things a little weird. Yeah, but you didn't sign up in 2019. No, I think, honestly, I was in a kind of headspace where I, I, you know... I flirted back and forth with this whole notion like, oh, I should be good at this. I should be better Mm, at this. I should be able to do this. And there's certain things that we all happen to be good at. And there's certain things that, you know, some of us just struggle with. Right. And like typically the open will be an ass kicker and come up with stuff that I 
struggle with. And then I walk away, or I have walked away in years where I've really taken it seriously, being kind of frustrated and annoyed at myself. And then I take that out on myself. And then that usually results in overtraining, um, you know, probably ah, under eating yeah, as yeah. well to try and get leaner and, and just in an endless search to feel better about myself. And then it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> it is interesting the way everybody responds differently to competition and different levels of competition. And so I recognized that I needed to just not sign up for a little while and not take it too seriously. And it also in that time, I've dealt with like neck issues and like tendonitis and stuff like that, which has mm -hmm. kind of meant that a lot of the movements have been kind of painful or whatever. And I finally got to a, a, a space and a place like spaces in the right gym with the right people, the right atmosphere and a place within myself where I'm like, I think that I can do this and walk away with just like, you know, things to work on. Yeah. Like, like positive things to work yeah. on, yeah. not like beating myself up and then ending up kind of just going full send and hurting myself or all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. So it definitely... Added. I mean, every year when the when the workouts the workouts are released on Thursday at noon, typically Wednesday night I'll go to bed thinking about it. Oh yeah, the even anxiety though, is real. Even yeah. if you convince yourself not to take it too seriously, the like weekly anxiety is like something I do not feel like I can control. You can't, and like, like I've <laughs> I've tried to exercise all sorts of just you know like the rational thought. Like yeah. this doesn't matter. It does. Not, it really. And doesn't. if this workout, whatever it is, if this workout was programmed. Just as a regular class workout, yeah, I may go. Oh God, this is gonna be horrible. But I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, yeah, oh my right, God, right? Because you and you would go to the gym and you would just do it without yeah. comment or, I mean, maybe a little bit of comment, so but I, like you would still just do it. And I try to be like that, but of course, anxiety. Wednesday starts Wednesday night. Yeah. Thursday, you see the workout, then you start being like, oh my God, how do I, how panic? How do I do this? How am I, how am I gonna perform? And it just so happens the first workout was one we'd actually done two weeks before, which I initially yeah, that was a thought, crazy coincidence. I initially at our thought gym. <laughs> that was it was a repeat. I thought it was a good thing, but then I kind of went into it with like an idea about what I'd done and feeling like I had to better that. And I honestly think that messed me up a little bit. Yeah, I definitely. Um, so I do not like repeating open workouts. Um, and leading up to the open at our gym, the programming that we do, right? There were every Friday was a was a repeat open workout from the past. That was kind of the programming's way of getting people ready for the open was to actually just do repeats. And so the fact that the first week was a repeat of a repeat that our gym just happened to have done two weeks previously was interesting. Um, I chose not to do any of the Friday workouts throughout like January and February because I just I, I yeah I don't know what it is about me I don't want to redo open workouts until I'm forced to in the actual open where they are officially repeated um, which is kind of ironic because I'm a big fan of the part of the CrossFit methodology which is repeatability right I mean like scientific method that is exactly how we track our own progress um, is by doing the same thing over at different periods of time to see if we're getting better um, so I didn't have that same thing with that workout. Um, I went into it a little bit more blind because literally I hadn't done it since 2014, the first time it was programmed in the mm -hmm. actual open. So I had no kind of sense of how far I had come in nine years. I knew I was vastly different, <laughs> but I didn't actually have any score like the rest of y'all did for the two weeks previous. So, I mean, I have to say, apart from that first one, so the first one I was like, I, I definitely walked away just kind of like, eh, I felt like I could improve on my performance in terms of like time of finishing the bit that I could do. It ended right. with the, the ring advanced muscle gymnastics ups. that I yeah, could do. Yeah, the advanced gymnastics we, I so mean, I, was, I don't know, it was, yeah, I was we'll work like, on those, but. I was pretty sure that that wasn't going to happen. And I don't mean that in a like, well, if you say that, then you're never going to be able to do it. Right. Um, but it we hadn't more... been training those. We hadn't yeah, been no, I hadn't specifically been... working on ring muscle ups at all this past and year, my, really. And like. My goal is also like, I don't want to walk you know the open is just three weeks yeah. i don't want to um end up in a situation where i hurt myself and then i'm incapable of doing stuff that i really want to do because of some silly workout where i went full send when i was exhausted so i was pretty sure that i wasn't gonna hit that 
end piece, but I I feel like I could have got a better tie break time. But it really doesn't matter, yeah. you know. And I you know I was like that workout was tough enough that I didn't have any desire to repeat it. Dory is clearly telling me that I probably should yes. have tried harder. There you are. Yes. What do you think, Dory? Dory, Dory really do you think I should have tried harder? <laughs> and then you know my theory, my my whole thing with the open is usually just one and done. Because I don't yeah. want to get into that place where, like, I take it super, super seriously and start thinking that, like, this right. this, this three weeks of one workout per week defines who I am and where I'm yeah. at. And it doesn't. And we're not at a level, like, some people, it makes sense. Like, for them, redoing a workout is the make or break between qualifying for the next round. And they, you know, depending on where you're at and what your aspirations are, that can be really critical, right? I mean, if I had really thought I was close enough to a ring muscle up, that workout would have been a worthwhile one because one advanced gymnastics rep can separate you from hundreds, if not thousands of people in the worldwide rankings, right? Like and like the second one, I definitely could have lifted a little heavier, but I honestly, I didn't really trust that I would feel as good as I did when I got to the lifting. Exactly. And so I, my stages of lifting were not great and I hadn't got under like a heavy squat clean in a while so I was just like I don't know how this is gonna feel but again I walked away going it was close enough that I don't need to do this again it's fine and then the final workout I actually did redo just because I knew that there was sort of a possibly a bit of a counting issue in the first one right and like for some reason when like that annoyed me and then I went to pick up my barbell and my body just forgot how to lift right <laughs> because you know like it just sometimes like, when you're in the pressure of the moment and it's comp- competition just even the lighter weight barbell was snatching I just it felt god awful yeah. and and I screwed it up and I was just like okay this is a short enough of a workout where I know that what I did was garbage and even if I come away somehow with the same number of reps, I want to come away You'll with the psycho- lifting yeah. having felt like it was somewhere close to a yeah. decent Psychologically, you lift. just feel better about it, yeah. But all in all, like, I went into this and I was like, I have no clue. Because the last time I entered, I wasn't in this age group. Mm-hmm. I have no clue how fit the rest right. of the world is yeah. in terms of females and women. 40 to I mean, 44. Yeah. I don't know where people are at. I didn't know what was going to be programmed. And I was like, whatever happens, it doesn't really matter. I mean, ultimately, like we said, not going to the games till we're 60. Yeah, we've got a long time to work on these weaknesses. No such thing as failure, just feedback. And after three weeks and kind of three and a half workouts, four workouts, whatever you want to call it, uh, eagerly awaited the results and got into the 94th percentile. Yep. Which should mean that move on to the next round. Yes, we have not officially gotten our uh, invitations yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I also have always been a one and done. As I said before, even one and done, like years later, I don't want to do it again (laughs) unless I'm forced (laughs) to. Um, And yeah, I mean, it was interesting because I really felt like I did not redo any of them. But the second and third ones, I also felt like I could do better. Like, I was like, I could very clearly identify the places where I could have gotten better. So had I redone them, I was fairly confident in both of them that I could have, yeah, I probably could have improved my score a little bit. Um, But same as you, I have not signed up for the CrossFit Open since I was in the 35 to 39 age category, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as I was watching our percentiles over time, I was like, oh, like we're, we're in the top 10% of our age category. Did and you find so, yourself being annoyingly slightly more obsessed with that than uh, you yeah. hoped for? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it never occurred to me because honestly, I mean, I started CrossFit when I was 35. So I was never in the, the regular, the, the did worldwide. Did the Masters category 18. exist then? It did. Okay. It did. So when I started, I think they had... Uh, yeah, I think it did. Like, they already at least had them loosely organized. But mm-hmm. um, back then, the Masters didn't go to the games, though, right? Like, I think they just had the Masters categories for the Open, but it wasn't – you weren't headed to the games the same gotcha. way as the other athletes were. Um, but I was – so I, I've always been a Masters athlete in CrossFit. And so um, that was probably also why I didn't really think about signing up a lot over the years. But now I'm glad I did sort of in the last year in the 40 to 44 age category to see that. Um, 
because it reinforced again that like I'm like CrossFit really makes it feel good to get older <laughs> um, yeah. because you're, you're, you're right. I don't have to compare myself to like a 20 year old phenom, um, which does help. Um, and also, you know, we've talked a lot about how getting older and being an athlete is also just about can be about maintenance. Like mm-hmm. even if you're not getting as many PRs anymore, all this kind of stuff, if you are maintaining a level of health and fitness, like it's kind of cool to see that that actually puts you in a smaller group of people as you age right and then we're still putting in that work i mean i knew like when i entered the opens that i've done i think i may have entered one before i became an official master official masters yeah without having any clue what the open meant i I mean i'm I'm sure had i done that i would have been like thirty-seven thousand four hundred and sixty-fifth. you know like like it would have been so absurdly like but even in like the 35 low. to 39 where most of my previous real opens have existed mm-hmm. like you know I'm just way off the mark there and I was still like new yeah. enough to CrossFit where I was like of course I mean yeah. there's people who've been doing yeah. this for years but now actually you know my my fear for signing up for this like I said was getting into a bad headspace and right. you know CrossFit for the last almost year since it got set up in the new gym has been fun yeah. And finally, like, I've started to be okay with failing yeah. things and be okay right? with going, there's mm-hmm. a process to this, and I don't mind practicing things that I'm not good at in front of people. Yeah. And, like, our barbell club, we've been, like, doing, you know, pick a, getting working towards the lift that you want to do, and then you do that in front oh, of yeah, everybody. Oh, yeah, we've been, like, kind of doing the showcase where you and have a, to have everyone in class watch you do it. <laughs> for a long time, like, that was my greatest fear. Like, I hate mm-hmm. people watching me when I'm struggling yeah. at things. You PR most of the time, like, by yourself, oh, listening, by myself, to listening to Disney Listening to Disney. And so all of those things have been super out of my comfort zone. And I, like, you know, I was worried about doing this open and getting into that headspace and hating being watched by people when I'm suffering or struggling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And actually what I have walked away with is excitement for what I could do. Yeah. What I'm getting better at. And the fact that as I'm getting older, yes, the crowd gets smaller who want to participate yeah. in this for various different reasons. But the times when I look at younger people who just have ridiculous on-ramps and just, you know, they're suddenly catching you and passing you at speeds you can't even imagine. And, you know, you got to let that go. But when you do this and your score is against worldwide participants in Mm -hmm. your age group, that you suddenly go, wow, I'm actually doing okay. And I will say, I I think, you know, the value of for me, the value for actually signing up again with CrossFit HQ and like actually seeing the worldwide ranking, um, it is really interesting that they actually give you, you can look at like, you know, six or seven different leaderboards, right? Like you can look at yourself worldwide, every single person in your gender category. You can look at just your age category. You can look at your region. You can look at the region and your age category, like all these different permutations. Um, And the reality is, I mean, we qualified top 10% in our age group, but we actually weren't even that far away from qualifying worldwide regular. Only in the last 20 minutes prior to schools closing, did I drop out of... The nine, just right. drop out of qualifying. Yeah, and I only dropped to like 88th percentile. Yeah, I I dropped down to 89th percentile against like... RX athlete, female athletes yeah. in all categories. And yeah. that's, I mean, that was yeah. the one that probably made me smile yeah. more than technically qualifying, although I haven't had my invite yet. Right. But like <laughs> technically qualifying for the quarterfinals was just going, wow. Yeah. You know, I I don't really know where I expected yeah. to come, and but it was not there. my. I mean, my first open, and this is also like, I think for anybody out there listening who is, you know, maybe thinking rightly so like oh my gosh they're they're talking about the difference between 92nd and 88th as being like you know maybe disappointment or something and like that's not really the case like I the first open I signed up for I was in like I don't know probably like the 17th percentile worldwide right but even that was like okay I'm in the bottom quarter and then the next time I signed up I was in the 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 second quarter right like just below 50 percent but like I mean even that like hopefully we can be humble enough because we're not at the game super super elite level to say like 
watching improvement over time, like moving out of the lower 25th, you know, bracket into the the next level up made me smile back then as much as this is making me smile now, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like every step up has been an accomplishment and that's kind of the motivation of looking at all these, the past years of data, I guess. And I think something that really came up for me is like, we, I train a lot alongside somebody who is really young and is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. I'm doing things that blow my mind. And will yeah. pass me in every possible category by the time I turn 43, probably. Um, and, you know, it, 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 sometimes, you know, the, one of the things I re- definitely have struggled with is accepting the change as you get older. Mm-hmm. And I like, listening to a Huberman pod- podcast recently where he was talking about, like, decline in muscle oh, yeah, mass yeah, yeah. Muscle mass and, and power strength production. and power production really opened my eyes because like one of the guys who I regularly coach in the morning 55 year old athlete you know every time we start a strength cycle I'm always like go around the class like do you have any goals do you have aspirations yeah. for what's a your number? number what are you working for and for he, a PR he always states to be able to hit my previous PR yep. and you know a couple of years ago I'd have been like come on man let's go and then I was like listening to this podcast and I'll probably have the figures slightly jumbled but it was something like once you get to about 40 plus you lose somewhere in the region of one percent of your muscle mass per year now Mm -hmm. obviously I don't know how training affects that obviously if you're training hard and you're eating well and you're doing things right that may not be the case that you're actually losing and he is like a hardcore scientist data nerd so I'm sure he's using general population data like you then lose something around I think the three-ish percent mark of strength every year and again for people who are training and eating yeah. right and taking care of themselves i don't know how that affects it the number that really knocked me like sideways was the power that you can generate and i think it was something like up to eight percent a year wow. that your muscles just cannot produce the same power. Right. So they might be strong. They might be in strong. In like a controlled range be... of motion. They might have, mu- you have muscle mass, but power production, that's fascinating. And so all of a sudden I started to think about how 55-year-old male athlete who year after year is now saying, I want to maintain what I hit last time. Well, that is a PR. Absolutely. Because if your body is actually, you know, slowly, but you know, losing that ability to produce power not as rapidly as somebody who's just sitting on a couch and not training at all but still it's gonna happen because it happens as you age Mm -hmm. that is a pr yeah and it was kind of just like this mind-blowing thing where i was like wow so not only did i surprise myself by being in the top 10 percent but you know every time i pick up a barbell that's the same mm-hmm. or better that's even you're, more you're defying some statistics and and i mean it, that's interesting too in terms of thinking about how the pool gets smaller right like that's why as we age like we're up against fewer and fewer people because that kind of power decrease that makes a lot of sense and it and really i mean it really being in that hopefully quarterfinal position i don't want to have to suffer through the workouts because <laughs> there's going to be a lot of stuff i can't do or i suck at but you know it is what it is mm. is it rather than kind of make me feel bad about myself which i thought it might it actually quite the opposite made me think of myself even more as like i want to be this athlete yeah like i want to come back when i'm in the next age category yeah. and then the next age category and then taking into consideration the fact that my body is now, like it's hit its peak, and it is now, just inevitably right. trying to like... We're in that we're, statistical we're, category that we are, we could be losing all that. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're working against mm-hmm. our bodies in some way. We're working against nature, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting older. Things are not going to be as yeah. quick to respond, and we're not going to recover as sharply. We're not yeah. going to, you know... And that's that's fine you know that's it it for a while it was really sad to me I was yeah. like, no no I mean was your um so 20 23.2 b yes right so the second workout in the second week um was a one rep max thruster mm-hmm. right and for me I hit a massive PR in that lift and it was probably I mean in some ways it was a massive PR because I haven't 
tested that lift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a one rep max thruster is not something that comes up often. Um, so I had not no real concept of what I could do. Um, so it felt like a massive PR. And that lift, a thruster, is way more of a power producing lift than say like a front squat or a back squat or a bench press, like a power lift, like the power lifting where you kind of, it's more slow and controlled and really about strength. Mm-hmm. Um, a thruster has some skill and some, yeah, I mean, you have to create force and momentum to get, to get that bar lifted, you know? Um, and I think about that lift, right? Like, so certainly for something like a thruster or an Olympic lift, fighting against that 8% decrease. So even if five years from now, I don't quite hit that same number, but if it's not 8% less per year, I'm actually still PRing. I mean, actually, way, I right? thought about like, it. I've been like, so the last time I tested it was the competition that I wrote at an eight, three, two, three years ago. And so technically my lift this time around was a six pound PR. And honestly, if I hadn't have loaded like an idiot and trusted myself, yeah. I think that would have been higher. Yeah. Maybe by four pounds, four or right. five pounds. Higher. Yeah. I mean, I think I PR'd on that because my judge um, was, yeah, I mean, he was throwing on like, like fractional plates for yeah. me. He was just like, throw all these little guys on. I was like, okay, great. And I like, didn't really think about the numbers quite as um, you know that's yeah strategically from but. that open there's a, there's a lot of things you know I've still got big holes in my game yeah but but it was cool that that power move didn't feel like a hole like I was no. like oh I'm strong still yeah and I mean like for me now like we've been doing barbell club we've been working on like that a lot of that's mm-hmm. technique over strength but like yeah thinking along those kind of power output lines you know I'm not a super powerful person I'm not a super heavy person you know I've always joked about my chicken legs. Yeah. But, like, my takeaways from, from doing this like that, I have never felt better lifting than doing that thruster. And for me, like, right now, I always thought that the fancy advanced gymnastics stuff was what I really, like, prized. Yeah. And for sure, some of that, I mean, yes. Still, yeah. But the being strong and being able to be powerful is much mm. more important to me in terms of health. Like yeah. being strong yeah. means I can hopefully avoid osteoporosis or bad cases of osteoporosis yeah. and keep being able to be independent for as long as possible. And that's more important to me than getting a ring muscle up because that doesn't really right. serve me. In a life. ring muscle up is super cool, but like probably being able to do a heavy thruster or catch a heavy squat clean and stand it back up means your body is is more capable for what life might throw at and it. And thinking right? about like... That power, like this morning, I PR'd my squat clean. And that to me, like, was like, you know, it's kind of defying that scientific Absolutely. thing that I'm getting yeah. weaker and that I can still dump way more than I weigh yeah. onto my body and stand it up and get out of it. And Well, how many people are PRing their squat clean at 42? Right? I mean, like, athletes who have been doing this a long time probably had PRs back in their 20s or something like I only started at 35 so it makes a little more sense that my PRs are in my late 30s and 40s um but I think even that is pretty exceptional right like we are still PRing um they're fewer and far between but they are still happening um as we approach my birthday in two weeks. I officially, I don't think I can say early 40s anymore. I'm officially tipping into mid 40s. <gasps> I think 44, 43, you can still say early 40s, I think. Okay. But okay. I don't know, 44. But like this whole experience, <laughs> like I've noticed that, you know, like I said, I, I've lost the fear of not, maybe not lost, but I'm definitely the fear of failing in front of people. The struggle in front of people is almost gone. Yeah. The excitement, like this morning, you know, I I know when I've been trying in the past to get PRs and like, you know, as the barbell gets heavier, I kind of stop thinking, oh, get in your head, get in my head and putting pressure on myself and I should be able to do this. And I noticed this morning there was complete peace in my head. There was no pressure in me like I should be able to do this. Right. I was less literally curious. I mean, part of that piece, though, is you also loaded your bar like an asshole. I did. <laughs> Um, so, and I so Hannah's, like... Hannah's tactic here was to, um, like, you know, I wish I had a picture to share with the podcast <laughs> audience. Layla, but, that's um, yeah, uh, started putting fives on and then two and a halves 
just stacked on top of each other. So instead of changing things out to say like a 10 or a 15 pound plate, just loaded the small change plates on top of another, like one another. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So I think at the end you had some big bumper plates. I had 45 two fives, pound plates. Two fives on each side and then just like a stack of two and a half pound plates, at least five of them, I think, on each side of the barbell. So she loaded it like an asshole so she couldn't do the math easily. <laughs> so she tricked her body and her brain into a PR. And I do have to say... Because she didn't know how much I, was I on the bar. I do have to tell the listeners that, that at one point when I said I've loaded this bar like an asshole, Rachel thought that I was talking about loading my asshole. Well, I also thought you were, yeah, a new technique of, um, we have a, a friend also in Barbell Club who's always talking about preparing, um, engaging her pelvic floor before she does a lift. And uh, so I thought Hannah was also talking about like loading her asshole. My pelvic um, floor definitely let yeah. go. <laughs> but you know, that like to me now, it's, it's, I love the fact that I've walked away from the open with just curiosity about yeah, what sure. can I do? What can I keep doing? And if this, like if I never lift heavier again in my life in terms of a squat mm-hmm. cleaner or a thruster, but I can repeat that, yeah, then that's freaking cool. Yeah. And if I want to repeat that, and if I get that excitement from doing these things and being like, wow, I'm in the 94th percentile. Or, wow, mm-hmm. I just PR'd a squat clean at a number that I've kind of had on a radar for years. That if I'm going to do that, then I have to take care of myself. Yeah. Then I have to treat myself, my body, my recovery, and all of these other factors. Because sure, you know, when you're 18, 19, yes, you have struggles and things to deal with and pressures, but it ain't nothing like what you're dealing with 20 years later. Straight up, your body just recovers better. Recovers (laughs) better. And even if you were having to pay the mortgage and wrangle kids and responsible for pets and deal with the bills... Yeah, you have the ability to bounce better. back from that. When you get into your 40s and you're generally, you know, working a more stressful mm-hmm. job and, you know, have a whole array of things that you're responsible for in life and you don't have endless hours to spend at the gym yeah. and you can't go to bed at 1 a.m., wake up the next day like, whoa, yeah. then it is harder and it's trickier to navigate. Mm-hmm. And you, you also just, even if you had the time, even if we had the luxury of not having to have full-time jobs, mm-hmm. If we were trying to spend three or four plus hours in the gym every day, it would just take its toll. It would hurt too much to recover from that. Unless you also had a whole team, you know, if you had the access and the funds Mm. to pay for a whole team of people, you could stretch you and do body work on you and cook for you. And, you know, all of that stuff that enables you to be in absolute optimal environment. But for most of us, the reality is that doesn't exist. Although, I mean, it, that's interesting, too, because I do feel like this this particular open for both of us, um, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but, like, I think we're also in, like, healthier, healthier places aside from, like, our performance in the gym and our training. Like, um, right, I mean, for a number of years pre-pandemic, um, I had sort of chronic, what I thought was chronic, it's now gone, which is great, bicep tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Um, I Right? Like, there there were things happening. Like, you've had neck issues, like, some things like that that, like, have gotten in the way. And I, I do feel like it's worth pointing out that, like, we are both at healthier places we've ever been. Um, I've been getting, I mean, you can share what you've kind of been doing. But back in January, we both set sort of this performance challenge kind of goals for ourselves um so i've been like 2023 is the year of better sleep mm-hmm. um i have been committing to body work certainly mm-hmm. not as much as elite uh, full-time athletes get to but like you know regular you know body work um and it's really amazing to see that that is clearly having an effect yeah. right like like that as we get older all those things become more important, like focusing on nutrition, focusing on sleep, um, and going back to like our earlier podcast, right, where we said like, when I started that performance challenge, I'm used to doing challenges to quote unquote lose weight mm-hmm. or like with aesthetic goals in place, um, and it's pretty cool. I am now two weeks away from the end of that 12 week challenge, and qualifying again. Caveat: haven't gotten the email yet qualifying for quarterfinals in the open um, without really intending to, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that's not what I've been training for. I've been training for these 
like sports summits, um, like mountain mountaineering is what I've been training for, but that happened along the way. And I think that is because we're in, yeah, we're paying attention to other things as well as CrossFit too, which probably makes it more fun in the gym. Absolutely makes it more fun. And that's often the way when you're not like hyper-focused on one thing, but you're still doing, you know, you're focused on being healthier and fitter and stronger and making it fun. Like happy accidents happen along the way. And like at no point, if you'd asked me this before the open, would I have said, oh yeah, I'm going to quarterfinals. I'd oh, be like, oh, I, hard I pass. Never, That's not going to happen. Well, I never would have even, I mean, dared like speak it. Because no. like just out of self-doubt and like not like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, that'd be way too much. It wasn't until week, well, week one, you can't really count just one workout, but week two, I was like, holy shit, wait this, a minute. Like, this has really <laughs> genuinely been the most positive open experience. So, and it's not just totally. because this open happened to be in my wheelhouse or whatever, because well, there was a lot of elements that weren't. Yeah, I don't think it was necessarily in either of our just, wheelhouse I think per se. where but... I'm at mentally. Yeah. And like, I definitely, looking back over the last few years, struggled way more than I cared to admit to anybody, including Mm -hmm. myself, with accepting the changes with age and not lowering the expectations at all, but adjusting the expectations to be appropriate. Yeah. And like you were talking about taking care of yourself, like goals and stuff. One thing this year, you know, I started out this year, I screwed my lower back up or something in that region at the end of last year, doing a workout, I worked through it, mm-hmm. pushed through the pain, ignored it, just like I typically do, sponsored by Advil. <laughs> sponsored by Advil. <laughs> and finally, at the beginning of this year, just before the Open, I decided to go and get some body work done and see if I could do something about it. Because mm-hmm. I was starting to think like, oh God, have I got another disc that's gone wackadoodle. And... Right. It takes time. If like... And I had some body work done and it was a huge help. And then I followed up with some more body work and have done more since. And, you know, when that was causing me pain at the beginning of the strength cycle mm-hmm. that we're in, where we were doing back squats, you know, my, I was testing on that first week and I got 35 pounds, 30 pounds away from my one rep and I had to call it. Yeah. And I did call it. And there was that bit of me still that was like, shut up, just Ugh. push through. Yeah. And then I'm like, why? Like, why am I trying to push through? Because that, you know, that just means I'm going to go home and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to be annoyed by this. And it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I've noticed that this is now that sort of started the mindset shift. And now that I've gone like, oh, wow, I this yeah this is sure the first round of the test and yes the quarterfinals will be where I end my journey towards the CrossFit Games this year but that's this year yeah and what about in five years like if I continue to apply that same I I need to take care of this body Mm -hmm. because I have got over the hump of being able to abuse it and keep on pushing through and still going up Mm -hmm. I am now on that slope down but I can definitely slow the descent yeah if I smart, if I take care of myself, you know, invest in body work, yeah. listen with with the, the old body's giving me some feedback that's like, uh, uh, yeah, because it's actually no fun. Like, I don't mind waking up sore. That's fine. But when I wake up in pain, yeah. I'm just annoyed at myself. Yeah. And I don't want to say that, like. We've been completely just like joking when we say we're going to the games at 60 plus. Um, it has been a fun thing to joke about. You know, it's usually our way of, of, of you know, yeah, uh, saying that we've got lots of holes to work on and we've got a long game and we've got a plan and we want to still do this sport for many, many years. But it's also really interesting to look at like the percentage route, right? Like, so if I'm in the 92nd percentile, you're in the 94th percentile. If we are fighting, you know, against this like 8% decrease, say we like hold our numbers, right? I mean, in 10 years, that's when I'll hit the 55 to 59 category, right? My stuff gets lighter. Right? Like, think about that. Think about that. So all we have to do is like fight that decrease. And so we only have to get 1% better a year. Which will kind of naturally happen as we age, as more like fewer people or a few people fall out of each age category. So weirdly, (laughs) what has happened this year in the open, just data wise, has actually given us some information to think it's not that unreasonable 
to set like a 10 year goal of saying not necessarily that we will qualify for the games then, but like, like we are proving that that is possible. And I think that's what's so cool about this is like, and obviously we're doing this on the podcast, linking it to like, this has always been our thing, right? Like body image and like, like loving yourself and celebrating yourself is so much about what your body can do, not Mm -hmm. what it looks like. And not a single time during this open, other than making sure I wore the right intramural colors and costume for our intramural theme, have I worried at all about what I looked like doing any of these workouts. Oh, how much you weighed. Or how much I weighed, exactly. Like I have been tracking because I've been working with my coach and doing this challenge, but like absolutely none of it. Like, yeah, I mean, that is a huge win, right? For the last four weeks, um, I have been solely focused on what my body can do. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's so fun. It's so we much just, more just, fun we, we than just worrying the about games. what it looks like. We need the games to come up with that um, partner team, like mm. two person, same sex team for oh, the for 60 sure. plus yeah. where like yeah. one, you don't have to split the work evenly yes. and then you can do all of like the heavy shit and I can do yeah. all the other stuff. That is kind of funny that you're right. <laughs> Pretty much on a, if not daily, at least on a weekly basis, you and I confirm that combined we would be like 98th percentile athlete. <laughs> yeah. 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 So but, who knows? You know, we'll, we'll work at Wadapalooza maybe, right? There's like team competitions out there we could work toward. Threesome. Yeah. The, the thing they do with threesome. We just need to find, find another older lady threesome. That's true. That's true. We can do that. So continuing on the vein of like what your bodies can do <laughs> now that the open is over, clearly Ooh, we need another challenge. We're making a big shift. <laughs> what do you know? Next week, we have another challenge, which again is absolutely not about what you look like because you're not really going to be able to see what any of our bodies actually no, look we're like be underneath the many way layers. Way too many layers. Um, but we of clothing are, that is not meant to be flattering at all. We it's are going <laughs> to be climbing Mount Whitney. Yep. So for anybody who's not sure, mostly for my friends and family and people who listen in England, <laughs> Rachel, right. why don't you tell the listeners all about okay. Mount Whitney? Um, so Mount Whitney is uh, here in California. It's in the Sierras. Um, so our big mountain range, the eastern side of the Sierras. And um, it is an incredibly popular mountain to try to climb because it is the highest point in the lower 48 states. So it's not technically the highest point in the United States because Alaska has a number of peaks um, that are much higher, including Mount Denali, which is um, the high point of North America. How high is um, that? Uh, oh, gosh. Denali is over 20,000. So it's much higher than I've ever been. I think it's around 23. 3,000 maybe? Could be even. That sounds high. I always get Denali and Aconcagua, which is the seven summit for South America mixed up. I think one's around 23, one's around 27. Um, So much higher. But Mount Whitney is uh, 14,505, 513. Uh, Apparently it like actually shifts a little bit in how high it is depending on the tectonic plates and things like that. But Um, High point in the lower 48 United States Um, and relatively accessible because you can kind of drive there. It's off of um, it's not in a national park, so it's not as hard to get into as like Yosemite in terms of permits. Um, And we are actually doing a route that is even easier to get permits for because it's one of the most well, the most technical route to the summit. Um, So it's a lot less traveled um, than the main Mount Whitney Trail, which lots and lots of people attempt that um each year so. so for for the route that we're taking the mountaineers route yep or route if a route or america route. uh yes um, <laughs> how far is it in distance and how much elevation gain okay because we're so, obviously not um, starting at the bottom yeah we are not starting at the bottom i mean most uh most sort of summits you you start at a trailhead or sort of your approach and um, luckily, I loaned Hannah this book that happens to be right next to me. Um, so I'm just going to make sure I get all this right. But um, roughly speaking, the uh, trailhead, uh, which is just the Whitney portal, is just above 8,000 feet. Um, do you want to do meter conversions for folks? Sure. <laughs> I. Uh, what is 8,000? So it's um, 
probably uh, not like probably like twenty eight hundred meters ish. I think you keep talking. Um, yeah, you you can work out that. Um, so the whole the whole uh, you start around just over eight thousand feet. Yeah, you're right. Eight thousand feet. Two thousand four hundred thirty-eight meters. Oh, okay, twenty-four hundred meters. Um, and then from there, we are going to climb over three days to the summit, which is um, about just over 6,000 feet higher. So from around 8,000 to around 14,000. So yeah. 14,500 feet is 4,419 meters. Okay. Right. So, um, you know, very solid uh, elevation gain each day. So the Mountaineers route is the shortest way to the summit of Mount Whitney. Um, the regular Mount Whitney trail is uh, much longer and has tons of horrible switchbacks and it's a really long trail. Um, I think it's 22 miles round mm -hmm. trip. Um, whereas the route that we are doing is only just over 12 miles round trip. So six, six miles up, six miles back down. But uh, it's much, much steeper, and there's sections of it that are rather technical, so it's a, just a more complicated route. You need a lot more equipment. And then we're going to be wearing, doing all this with backpacks that weigh... I'm hoping our backpacks only weigh um, somewhere... I I'm, would love it if we're all with backpacks that are under 42 pounds. Um, they could be as high as 45 to 50 pounds, depending on how much shared gear we need to uh, take on. So um, if the but, backpack was 50 pounds, that would be more than a third of my body weight. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's exactly how to think of it, right? Like a third of your body weight added, um, and you're climbing up steep hills. So we did a test walk today where we had about 25 to 30 pounds on our backs. Um, loaded up in our backpacks. I and packed we just, a salt lamp for uh, weight. Yes, Hannah was grabbing <laughs> things from around the house to put into the backpack to make it heavier. But um, but we were walking on very flat ground here uh, around our neighborhood. Um, but still, anything training is good. Um, so yeah, so possibly upwards, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of a third, you know, a quarter to a third of your body weight on your back. Um, and yeah, there's gonna hauling be it up about freezing, yeah, and snowy. So there's gonna oh. be snowshoes and crampons and ice axes. And I've never yeah. camped in the snow before. Yeah, you. I mean, I this is amazing. Like you really have gone like all in on like you're not easing yourself in. You haven't ever camped in the snow. <laughs> nope. You haven't done a backpack. You haven't put a backpack full of gear on your back since you were a teenager. Sixteen. You said sixteen was the last time um. I backpacked and camped. And, uh, yeah, and now been we're up, putting it all together. I have been up many, many, yeah. many mountains by way of chairlifts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> chairlifts and gondolas are a little bit different. <laughs> and slid down them. But yeah. I have On a never snowboard. Yeah. walked up a mountain before. Yeah. And this all came about because Rachel obviously likes mountaineer mountaineering. That's her kind of thing outside of this. I like to slide down them. She likes to walk up them. Um, and that I would like to combine to those two at some point. Hike up with For my sure. snowboard and slide down. Um, and so Rachel was going to do this anyway. Yeah, and I was going to do this alone she mentioned for it my out birthday. Loud, yeah. And her partner was like, yeah, I'll do it too. <laughs> and I heard them talking about it. I'm like, what's this? I got like, what the hell? What am I not right. invited FOMO. to? <laughs> and um, I don't usually get FOMO unless yeah. it's like to do with something cool. And so I was like, wait, what are you doing? And she's like, I think I'm going to climb Mount Whitney in, you know, the winter. In the winter. And, yeah. you know, I heard mention of ice axes and snowshoes and crampons. And I was like, that sounds cool. She's like, <laughs> I'd invite you, but I'm not sure you'd want to do it. And I'm like, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone out there who needs, like, you know, leverage with Hannah ever, um, even, I mean, I don't think I expressed doubt that you could do it, but I expressed doubt no, that, that you could want to do, do it. it. It's like, would you want I to do it? I expressed doubt that you would want to, and just expressing any degree of doubt that Hannah can or would want to do something is pretty much a great way for her to make sure she says yes. It's like in Back to yeah. the Future, is that when you call someone like yellow? Oh, yeah. You, you and that's like, that's it. That's it. That's like them's fighting words. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of amazing. And I will, I want to give you and Jeff kind of proper due in terms of like the motivation for this. Cause I, um, in conversations, what actually came up with when Jeff decided to do this with me was I, I had posed the question, like, what do you strive for? 
Um, Because he and I, like, obviously we've talked about this before, we have vastly different hobbies. um, And even, like, our physical training and our interest in things is pretty different. We backpack together, but, you know, he is a birder. He doesn't really do CrossFit anymore. He does different kinds of training. And and so I asked, like, you know, what do you do? Like, what is your equivalent of mountaineering for me? Because mountaineering is what I strive for. It's what I like to train for. And it it's like a way to like check things off, right? Like Kilimanjaro, one of the seven summits. Like I'm going to Ecuador in June, like more high mountains in different countries. And he was like kind of called out by that, was like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I strive for. And so for him, it was like, I want to say yes to something that's like outside my comfort zone. And you felt similarly. You're like, I don't ever do anything like this. I want to try it. And it made me think of like a very, our very first podcast maybe this is like your old podcast right when you were achieving awesome the original podcast mm-hmm. and I can't remember if this was actually the title of the one you had me on before I went to Kilimanjaro but part of what we talked about is like the power of just saying yes to something mm-hmm. even if you don't understand the challenge or you've never done anything like it before there's such great power in saying yes t- to something that is definitely going to take you outside your comfort zone so I, I just want to give you and Jeff, like, proper due. Like, that was pretty awesome that y'all said yes to something you've never done before. And I can also now say, because I always make a big deal out of my birthday and we have to do mm. something. And it's, like, usually <laughs> involves, like, you know, forking up cash to the go to, The whole like, month of something. <laughs> gifts, cakes, weekends at the lake. And now I can... I can firmly That's true. That's true. firmly say this is that Rachel's birthday has the highest price tag. That's true. We are going on a guided trip, so this this does have a price tag but, to it because we have professional guides, which is a great way to do things that you are yeah, not sure. really expert at. So. And you know, I think what entices me is that I know that mentally I'm good with this. Oh, like yeah. it doesn't matter how cold it gets, you know, snowstorm, blizzard, ice whatever the stuff you've put I up with on the open ocean deal with that just fine and like yeah. the almost like the harder it is the better it's gonna be yeah physically you know i'm not known for like leg strength and power but i don't doubt my physical ability to get up there yeah it's gonna be challenging trying to like scramble up rocks with third of my body weight on my back for sure because it's not something I do but you know I'll be wobbly at the start but I'll figure it out and adjust to it so I'm fine with that too the intriguing piece is that I have absolutely no concept of what the altitude will do and how my body will respond to even though we're not traveling that far day after day of being in that environment and like where I'm going to be sore and what's going to hurt and am I going to, you know, the likelihood is that once we get above a certain altitude that I'm going to feel like shit, but everyone's going to feel like shit to some degree. Um, so it, it's, you know, it's been a while since I pushed myself out of my comfort zone and I love the fact that I'm about to do something that is, I'm mostly excited, but there's that hint of anxiousness mm-hmm. you know i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't go as far as saying i'm nervous about it yeah because i'm not I don't think it's fear like if i was about to climb everest yeah. then i'd be shitting my pants that's a little different. but <laughs> you know there's definitely like that element of the unknown like yeah. i don't know how my body yeah. is going to respond but also you know like in the same way we talk about when i'm coaching people through like lifting you can talk yourself out of a lift before you've even touched the barbell. Absolutely. Just by thinking about like, oh God, yep. that's going to be heavy. The lift is you make or break before you even approach that barbell. And it's really interesting for this is like, I'm aware of the altitude issue and how it can affect people. And not everybody makes it up this mountain. It's not a guarantee, it's especially not in winter yeah. where it's going to be just below yeah. freezing every single day. And we are driving from sea level, right? I mean, we're driving from sea level. We're only going to spend one night around five or six, not even 5,000 feet in the town and then go to 8,000 feet. So like, you know, we And in are... some ways, you know, I think I'm at an advantage because I've not, you know, I've been up mountains snowboarding. Mont Blanc's the, probably the highest I've been. Um, but not been to this altitude and yeah. not been this high last time i went that high was in a plane <laughs> um and just you know for i don't have, say planes are pressurized to about eight thousand feet yeah. so that's about what that is <laughs> like 
I don't have that kind of like, well, I've done this before, so I should be fine. Because yeah. altitude, like we were discussing the other day, it doesn't matter how many times you've done it. Like nope. it could kick you in the butt out of the blue. Absolutely. At an altitude that you've never experienced issues at before. You could go up Mount Whitney 10 times and the 11th time might get you. So you I don't know. have that kind of, you know, oh, my body's done this. I'm fine. I'm like, I have no clue if I'm going to be fine. I'm not going to talk myself into feeling extra bad as soon as I start to get a headache and I'm huffing and puffing and be like, oh, God, oh, my God, here it is. It's gone wrong. Yep. But, I, you know, I also don't have that kind of like, yeah, I've done it before. This is going to be a piece of cake. Because yeah. I have no clue. Well, and I mean, to kind of link it back a little bit to our conversations about the open, right? Like, that's why the open is so interesting, because most of the time it's a new test you've never tried before. And you have to be curious, like you said, right? Like, that's such a great word. Um, even the repeat workouts, you're like, not everyone usually has done them two weeks prior. You're trying to think back years prior of how it felt the first time. So, like, yeah, I mean, it's a really weird unplanned but very cool correlation that we are doing this you know two weeks after the open end so like this test of fitness and then something that also that is completely unknown because even though I've done this route before it's almost exactly 10 years ago I was such a different person 10 years ago physically mentally um, all kinds of ways and this is like an open workout for me it's I'm I'm repeating the same test 10 years later and what I think is really cool, because we've obviously talked about being masters athletes, that, and, you know, I don't know how many people out there in the world at 42 years old feel like they are in a position where if their friend was like, hey, I'm going to climb a mountain in the middle of winter, and it's been an extra, and, you know, <laughs> maybe March is tipping into spring, but, like, for California, we've had an absolute we've had winter, crazy and there's winter been snow with, on snow on so snow, snow, and it's been way colder yeah. than usual, and there's literally a snowstorm just before we get there. There'll be a snowstorm as we're kind of leaving, so, you know, it's going to be a really cool experience, but, oh, like, yeah. I love the fact that at 42, not too far from 43, but still hanging on to 42 years old, my friend goes, hey, I'm going to climb a mountain, and I'm like, cool, I'm in. I'm going to go. And I, I, I feel <laughs> physically totally capable of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And we it's should. It's not right? like, I oh, mean, I, I want to do that, but give me a yeah. year. Yeah. And I need to work on some things and, you know, change yeah. up some lifestyle habits and all the rest of it to be able to say yes. I'm like, nope, I'm good. Let's I'm go. I'm feeling okay. Yeah. And 10 years ago, I mean, when I did this mountain the first time, like, I, I can't remember if we've talked about this on the podcast before, but in January of 2013... That's basically when I found out I was going to do the trip to Mount Whitney in April of 2013. And that is why I started CrossFit. Like I was telling a coworker of mine that I had won a spot on this trip. Like I'm like, I'm going to climb Mount Whitney. Um, I'm doing it with this group of people from like Backpacker Magazine. And I was worried about whether or not I could accomplish it. Because I was like, I've never done anything like this before in my life. I've done some hiking and backpacking, but this is super high and I'm not really fit. Still smoking. We have talked about how like back then my grad school life, like I was not nearly as healthy in so many different lifestyle metrics as I am now. And that was when my coworker was like, you should try this thing called CrossFit. (laughs) So that was how I got into CrossFit was training for the route that we are about to do in four days. It'll be really cool. It'll be fun. I'm excited. I just, yeah. I love, I really love the fact that we did the Opian, we got into the quarterfinals, we're doing this thing. And you know, who knows? Like, obviously, hopefully, we summit. There could be a multitude of reasons why that doesn't happen for both of us or oh, one yeah. of us. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, even if yeah. it doesn't, yeah. it's not that the trip is not successful, yeah. right? We still, the important thing yeah. is that we said yes and we're going. Right. And, Whenever you're messing with things that involve Mother Nature and super yeah, challenging there's things, so many there's, things outside of your control. There's a lot of things outside of your control, and that you have to be good with. Sometimes mm-hmm. that doesn't work out. Yep. I mean, when I did this the first time, other than the professional people that were with us on the trip, uh, one out of three people did not summit um, by choice. Well, you know, it was like you know, one of them was. One of us was just not feeling great and chose to not continue the third day. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's also like qualifying for quarterfinals. Like you just have to try and you actually don't know how it's going to go. Um, yeah. So 
And the important thing is that you're in a position to be able to say, let's at least try. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of my takeaway from fitnessing and, you know, physical experiences this year is that it doesn't really matter to me so much, like, lifting bigger numbers or maybe, you know, next stop is Everest. And I'm not, like, that's not on my radar (sighs) right now. Right now, but we're going to have no, part honestly. two of the podcast. All right, y'all, listen up, <laughs> listen closely. If Hannah, two weeks from now when we record the next one and she's all of a sudden be like, do you want to do Everest next year? Do you want to go to Denali? Do you want to go? <laughs> she's going to get hooked. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, just more excited about like, how long can I keep saying yes? Mm-hmm. How long can I say yes? I'm going to do the open and sign up and give yep. it my all. And then, yeah, sure. I'm going to take part in the next stage if I get invited. And then, hey, you want to climb a mountain? Sure. Yeah, yeah I want to do that, too. Like, that's... Fighting that's... that 8% decline, statistically, I feel like, right? Like, part of... Honestly, like... Part of the way to fight that is saying yes to when he When I heard that statistic, and I do apologize for people who listen to him if I've got that wrong, but it was somewhere, you know, it was shocking. It was a, a number, number that it was made you pause, part. yes. Um, and our listeners should check out his podcast. It's yeah, very it's good. very good. <laughs> Um, now I'm totally forgetting where I was going with this, but like, oh, sorry. as soon as I hear, as soon as I hear that, that yeah. kind of decline, it's just like game on. Yeah. Yes. Well, now that's exactly. I have like a new kind of yep. way of like, doodle bear is like, if, sorry, doodle if, if is anyone missed that a few minutes challenged. ago, right? Here's Hannah again telling you, all you have to do is tell her she can't do something <laughs> she won't want to, or she's going to decline in her abilities and she will say, hold my beer. But... Actually, at this point, it's a whole April spread. But I'm, you know, definitely <laughs> also learning that like that needs to be a smart approach, not just like ah, crazy yeah. person. Because if I could still say, you know, you come up with something in ten years' time, and I go, yep, probably be even slower than we'll do it this time. But probably. you know, that's cool. Oh yeah. And, and also, yes, you you should uh, be prepared for that. By the way, the fact that you said yes to this birthday madness, like, probably going to invite you to do some other things. Anybody <laughs> want to give me a job that pays me like? Let's get sponsored by something. Half yeah. a million um, dollars a I year. I will say, yeah, we think we think <laughs> buying CrossFit shoes and like some gear and your gym membership is expensive. Like, mount, mountaineering is um, it is an expensive hobby until. Until we get comfortable enough where you also own all your own gear and we can go guide ourselves. You don't, the expensive part is hiring the professional guides. But I feel good about that for this one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if I'm it was, not, if it was not like, at a level yet where I don't do that. If it was the middle Guided of trips. summer, I'd be more inclined to be like, all right, cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll just take a sat phone and yeah, make sure we got insurance. Oh, yeah. Like regular backpacking all the time, I take more risk than. Yeah, but at this time, now. given that I have zero experience, yeah. I've worn snowshoes once. I've never put crampons on my feet, Ugh. and I've never even held an ice axe. So, I mean, I'm sure I, I'm people, not me, can say how great it feels to do like a bar muscle up, or you know, uh, well, I can do. I've done that before, but a ring muscle up, or like something really badass. Um, it makes you feel powerful and amazing. I will tell you, putting crampons onto your boots is just like super cool it makes you feel like such a badass you have claws on your feet (laughs) foot claws foot claws and you are just gonna hike up like an well probably won't be icy it'll be a really snowy mountain um but yeah i mean like it's the stuff we do in the gym that like feels so motivating because it's yeah like just physicality um you're gonna feel that on the mountain too in a different way Like I'm sure you probably feel on a sailboat. Yeah. I mean, all in all, I would say this year so far, just started March, that pretty much everything that I've done that I thought of as being cool and notable has absolutely nothing to do with how I look. Nope. And everything to do with what I can do. uh, except for the fact that um, we should probably at some point show our listeners a picture of the balaclava that you plan to take oh well that's just style that's style points i bought a leopard a print leopard print over helmet balaclava over helmet balaclava which i yeah i mean i i want you to bring it because i want oh, it's like packed. i want the guides and people to be like who is this woman who brought i don't even understand an over the helmet balaclava because like i know but the point of a balaclava is to like like go under the helmet <laughs> 
purely style. <laughs> but I mean, I do feel a little bit that this is my it's fault. It's ten years ago, fashion, right? People well, wear them yeah. over the helmets when you're snowboarding. Oh, that's true. Okay, I, yeah. And ten years ago, I I found pictures of me signing the register at the summit of Mount Whitney, and I showed Hannah these pictures. And for some reason, I can't remember the context of the story because it was ten years ago, but. In the notes section of the summit register, I wrote fashion equals safety. You're welcome. <laughs> and so so now that is our mantra, fashion equals safety. My style points um, on this trip from the colors yeah. to the yeah. to the textures yeah. is all because so you wrote that. So we will um yes, you have maybe, yourself to blame. I, you're right. It is totally my <laughs> fault um, that Hannah is is emphasizing fashion. But still, <laughs> that is like stuff that I put on my body, but it's nothing to do with like that's true. What my nothing to do with what the body looks body like. Yeah, looks like because that will be buried under many layers, many layers of, of warm things, fuzzy, puffy things. Yep. <laughs> that should better keep yeah. me warm. And this trip did justify for Hannah a lot of shopping, which a lot of shopping. yeah. She's she's a actually not snacks. upset about, but yeah, not, a lot of never snacks. Upset about shopping. Yeah, a lot of snacks, a lot of shopping. So there it is. Takeaways: Getting older is kind of fun. Yep. When you can do shit. Yep. Being so, curious, great way to go. Look after yourselves and aim high. Fashion equals safety. Aim high. Literally, aim and high. For like fourteen and a half thousand feet. Aim high. for at least fourteen thousand five hundred feet. Hopefully, we get there. <laughs> We'll find out next time. So yeah, part two will be coming at you at the end of the month where we hopefully can bring you the great tales of our trip up Mount Whitney Mm -hmm. and maybe even have information and invites on the court two and on and two quarterfinals, which will be the next round of suffering after Mount Whitney. And if you don't hear from us again, then hey, we're somewhere up a mountain and, you know, in many thousands of years, they will discover us perfectly preserved Uh, in ice. Looking stylish. Absolutely. With I mean, if you're going to be buried on a mountain, at least they will discover you in a leopard print balaclava. Exactly. And that would be okay with me. <laughs> and on that note, we will love you and leave you. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk at you next time.